Boker Tov, good morning. Welcome everybody to the Aliyah Day. It is a blessing to see each and every one of you. Hopefully everybody's having a great morning. You're being blessed and staying healthy. And uh, Baruch Hashem, life will be well. It's good to see a few people yesterday for the Shabbat service and <clears throat> most people stayed home, which is perfectly fine given all of the uh, situation that we have before us. So We'll see what we do next week. Uh, as I said, uh, we'll just monitor the uh, COVID-19 um, pandemic and see where that leads us. Could be that next week we have um, um, more of a virtual service of some kind. I don't know. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. We'll just keep uh, that uh, you know, in our, in our uh, view so we keep everybody safe and everybody comfortable and all of that. In the meantime, I hope everybody enjoys their kind of uh, staycation that they've been forced into. We're going to have the Aliyah Day, Bezrat Hashem, uh, every day here. My office is uh, plague-free, praise God. So um, I'll be coming here with my uh, cup of coffee and my Torah books, and we will be with you. So uh, welcome. Vayakel Pekude, the last two parashot of Sefer Shemot. So we get to end uh, Sefer Shemot. We get to end the book of Exodus uh, together this week. That's going to be exciting. So welcome. Celia, glad you're here. Miss you. No, you had to stay home yesterday. No problem. Rebetzin Shoshana. There she is. The beautiful Rebetzin. Ryan, welcome. Glad you're here. Tim, welcome. Claire, welcome. Uh, Sam, welcome. Glad you're here. Yara, shalom to you. Shalom, shalom to you. Rachel from Tulsa. Little Rachel in Tulsa, welcome, my dear. And uh, Elvra, welcome. Glad you're here as well. So many beautiful people. Stephanie from California. It's pretty early in California. Uh, but welcome. Glad you're here. Jackie, glad you're here. Uh, Mikael, glad you're here. Joy, glad you're here from New Hampshire. Estela, bienvenidos Estela. Devora, bienvenidos Devora from Tulsa. Colin, welcome from the desert regions of Texas. Glad you're here. Hadassah, there's Hadassah. The Mighty Haver. The Mighty Haver. The Mighty Haver shaved and his beard grew back black the next morning. It's a miracle. Uh, Gabrielle, welcome. You're uh, watching from Germany. So many beautiful souls. Devora, glad you're here. Daniel, welcome from Kansas City. And uh, all these beautiful souls. There's so many, so many, so many. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad you're here. Brenda, welcome. Baruch Hashem. Dominique, Shana Ruth and Sheldon. Shana Ruth and Sheldon, glad you're here. Hope you're feeling better. Refua Shlema. It's a wonderful Justin. Hello, sir. Zach from Jacksonville, Florida. Zach, have you been on here before? It seems like uh, seems like I, I you're new. Mark, glad you're here, Baruch Hashem. Anyway, welcome. All right, so here we are. If we have on the uh, art school Chumash, gotta say hello to everybody. You're like a family. It's not just you. Just don't like just turn on the thing and just start talking. This is a community, right? We're all together, and uh, and and we're all enjoying Hashem's uh, blessing together, Baruch Hashem. All right, uh, page 517 of the Art School Chumash, page 35, or excuse me, page 35, Slika, chapter 35, 35, we're going to read the first Aliyah of Ayakel, 
And uh, I might just go ahead and read the first Aliyah, Fekude as well. It gets a little dicey because you have two parashot. But anyway, we're, let's read. Moshe assembled the entire assembly of the children of Israel and said to them, These are the things that Adonai commanded to do to them on the sixth day. On six days, rather, work may be done. But the seventh day shall be holy for you. A day of complete rest for Adonai. You know, they say that when Hashem repeats something in His Word a couple of times, that it's a really, really big deal and that you should pay attention. What If that's the case, then what if He repeats it multiple times? And that is certainly the case with the Shabbat, among other things, but that's certainly the case with the Shabbat. So anyway, it says, um, Whoever does work on it shall be put to death. You shall not kindle a fire in any of your dwellings on the Sabbath day. Moshe said to the entire... And it's interesting, by the way, if you look up that idea about kindling fire on the Shabbat, um, it's not what most people think it is. But we'll get to that later. Says Moshe said to the entire assembly of children of Israel, saying, This is the word that Adonai has commanded, saying, Take from yourselves a portion for Adonai. Everyone whose heart motivates him shall bring it as the gift for Adonai gold, silver, copper, turquoise, purple, scarlet wool, linen, goat hair, red dyed ram skins, takash skins, acacia wood, oil for illumination, spices for the anointing oil. The aromatic incense, shoham stones, and stones for the settings, for the ephod and the breastplate. Every wise-hearted person among you shall come and make everything that Adonai has commanded. The tabernacle, its tin, its cover, its hooks, its planks, its bars, its pillars, its sockets. The ark and its staves, the cover, the partition curtain. The table, its staves, and all its utensils, and the showbread. The menorah for illumination. Its utensils, its lamps, and the oil of the illumination. <clears throat> excuse me, for the illumination, the incense altar, its staves, the anointing oil, the incense spice of the entrance screen for the entrance of the tabernacle, the elevation offering altar, and the copper netting for it, its staves, and all its utensils, and the laver and its base. The curtains of the courtyard of its pillars and its sockets, and the screen of the gate of the courtyard, the pegs of the tabernacle, the pegs of the courtyard, and the cords, the knit vestments to serve in the sanctuary, the sacred vestments of Aaron, the Cohen, and the vestments of his son, the minister, and the entire assemblage of the children of Israel left Moshe's presence. Now we turn to chapter um, 38 and verse 21, and this is Parsha Pekude, and we're going to go ahead and just read the first Aliyah Pekude, and then we'll get to our comments. So it says here, these are the reckonings of the tabernacle. The tabernacle of testimony, which were reckoned at Moshe's bidding. The labor of the Levites was under the authority of Issamar, the son of Aaron the Cohen, Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Yehuda, did everything that Adonai commanded Moshe. With him was Oliab, son of Ismach, and the tribe of Dan, a carver, weaver, and embroiderer, with turquoise, purple, and scarlet wool, and with linen. All the gold that was used for the work, for all the holy work, the offered up gold was 29 talents and 730 shekels in the sacred shekel. The silver of the census of the community was one was 100 talents, 100,000, one, excuse me, 1,725 shekels in the sacred shekel. 
a becca for each head, a half shekel and the sacred shekel for everyone who passed through the census takers from 20 years of age and up for the 603,550. The hundred talents of silver were to cast the sockets of the sanctuary and the sockets of the partition. A hundred sockets for a hundred talents, a talent per socket, and from the 1,775 he made hooks for the pillars, covers for their tops, and banded them. He offered up, <clears throat> the offered up copper was 70 talents and 2,400 shekels. With it he made the sockets of the inch of the tent of meeting, the copper altar, the copper meshwork that was on it, and all the vessels of the altar, the sockets of the courtyard, all around the sockets of the gate of the courtyard, all the pegs of the tabernacle, all the pegs of the courtyard, all around. Chapter 39, verse 1. From the turquoise purple and the scarlet wool, they made knit vestments to serve in the sanctuary, and they made the holy vestments of Aaron, as Adonai commanded Moshe. And he made the ephod of gold, turquoise purple, scarlet wool, and twisted linen. Baruch Hashem. That's the end of the... the uh, Reading there, I want to open up the Kehol Tumash to go to the commentary, uh, the opening commentary, to discuss um, the meaning of uh, this word Vayakhel. Before I do that, actually, let me, let me begin actually with the Gutnik Humash. I wanted to start there with the meaning of Vayakhel, what, uh, what we're supposed to be using here. It says, what is more important? This is the question posed. A team mentality where every person belongs to a whole. A giant community which is greater than all its con uh, constituent parts. Or is it more important to stress the worth of the individual, how each person has created, been created by God, utterly unique, with his own talents and abilities, which need to be nurtured in isolation? So which, which of those two are most important? The reality is, is, is it more important to look at and stress all of us together as community, or to look at us individually, because all of us are special just like everybody else. If you think that you are special, just know that the person next to you is equally special. Everybody's gift is uh, important. You know, just to give an analogy, you have, uh, you know, U.S. paratroopers, right? And the guys that uh, jump out of the planes and they're really, really, uh, you know, good fighters and they, they parachute out and they get to the ground and they get all of the uh, notoriety, you know, because they're the airborne and death from above and all this kind of stuff. And they uh, jump out of the plane, hit the ground, accomplish the mission, win the victory, and everybody salutes them and everybody gives them... Uh, the appropriate uh, accolades and awards and so on. But what about the guy that packed the chute? I realize that some airborne guys pack their own chute, but in some cases they there are chute packers. And uh, what about that guy? Or, or lady, either way. So you see, every role is important. The person didn't pack the chute right, then the victory can't be won and the medal can't be earned. Uh, but nobody thinks about the shoot packer. But I would argue that probably that's the most important role in the whole operation. So it says, there's no drinking, by the way, when you pack shoots. <laughs> Just saying. The friction between the hole and the parts is encapsulated by the names of Ayakel and Pekude, 
two parashot that are often uh, read together. Vayakel means assemblage, or assembly, assembled, excuse me, assembled. As in Moshe assembled. In Hebrew, there are two, there are many words which mean gather, but Vayakel in particular emphasizes how the assembled members merged identity to form a single whole, an assembly. So Vayakel doesn't mean that, it means more than everybody just kind of got together. But they actually merge their individual personalities and talents into a unified whole. So you can have people who get together in a congregation, but they're not an assembly. You can have people that come together and listen to a nice drosh, but they aren't a community. A community means that we bind together and we utilize our talents and our gifts for the the greater good of the community. This is why it's so important to utilize your gift and to be involved on some level. Because if you're not involved on some level, if you're not using your gift in some level in the community, then that really means that you're not really integrated into into the community. So anyway, it goes on to say that pekude means counting, an idea which stresses the worth of the individual. How every person counts as a separate unity, that's or a separate entity rather. That that is obviously true. Everybody is important. Everybody counts. Everybody uh, is is special and unique, and they bring certain talents to the table that we all need. So it says so. When these two parashots come together, the Torah is teaching us and giving us the spiritual potential to harmonize, it says, these two seemingly opposing qualities. So uh, it gives a couple of ideas here on how this happens. So Vayakel represents quality in our divine service since merging with a greater whole confers on a person a qualitatively superior experience. He's now a member of of a greater cause that he could not reach alone. Pekude, on the other hand, represents the advantage of quantity. So when we come together, it improves our quality. You know, the sages point out that this is the one of the reasons why um, uh, it's important to pray with a minion whenever you can. Because the idea is that Hashem, when you pray on your own, Hashem judges you, so to speak, or looks at you as an individual. But when you pray to the congregation, you, everybody adopts the collective good of those around you. This is why it's important to be a part of a community, because Hashem is looking at your collective good. That what you bring to the table, you might be saying, well, I like, I like this or I like that, but I'm really good in this area. Whether it's mitzvah keeping or some talent or whatever. But where you lack or where I lack, somebody else is really, really good. So being a part of the community allows us who lack in that particular area to draw on the mitzvah of the brother or sister to whom we're connected. So it says, Vayakel represents a, a penetrating view of the world where the details of existence pale away to reveal a holistic spiritual mass, the realization that there is nothing but God. Pekude represents a smaller view of the world where every detail is seen in its own right with the understanding that every detail reveals God's glory in its own way. 
You know, I've often said, this makes me think about the uh, concept of, of balance in our life. Uh, it is, on the one hand, we need to be focused on the details and that bringing that back to the discussion of teshuva, there are certain things in each and every one of our lives that we know we need to work on. That, and, and some of these things that we need to work on, uh, I, would, I could just say from personal experience, and I know you can too, these are things that probably we work on for the rest of our lives. Some things we work on for the rest of our lives because for whatever reason, that just happens to be something that, with which we struggle. Okay? Whether it be patience, I'm not sure who out there might struggle with patience, uh, or anger perhaps, or whatever the case may be. You, you, you deal with something. Um, but sometimes we get focused on the details to the extent that we forget about the greater picture. All the other greater good that we do, all the other greater good that we are, all the, all the progress that we've made as a whole. And so, whereas you don't want to forget about the details, you also don't want to allow that to drag you into a state of depression where you get so down on yourself that you think, well, I just can't seem to really do well here. And sometimes you have to take a step back. I think it's healthy is the point I'm trying to make, to take a step back and try to take a 30,000-foot view of your entire situation and say, okay, I'm, I'm still working on that, but, you know, Hashem has, has brought me a lot of, a long way in these other areas. At the same time, details matter. We put a lot of detail, for instance, purposely, intentionally, into events that we do, uh, such as the Purim event, like decorating the stage and some of the details you don't even really see consciously, right? You, you may not see the uh, extent to which we decorate a certain area, like the treasure box or this little area over here that seems obscure. You don't even notice it. Um, some of you may or may not have noticed that we had, a, to give you an example, okay, that we had a fan blowing on the, uh, um, on, on the pirate cell to give it the, the fluttering effect. You may not have even noticed. You may not have even seen it, consciously or otherwise. I know the Rebbet Singh goes into a, a, a lot of work when she's decorating. Not, not just her, but others too, like Couture and so on. When they're decorating, they put a lot of detail into everything. Uh, and there's a reason for that. Because even when you cannot consciously see the details, you see them. I learned that lesson, incidentally, from watching a documentary about Walt Disney. What makes Disney World and Disneyland so spectacular is not just the, the rides and so on, but the fact that he was uh, very conscious of putting minute details in every element of the experience that you may not even notice when you walk in. You're like, wow, that's, what a great display. And you just think it's a great display because it's a great display, but what you don't What's making it a great display is that all the little details are there. You're not paying attention to every single one, necessarily. Unless you're a genius. But in any case, um, that's how we view our lives. So our lives is about the details and it's about the whole. That's really what I'm trying to explain and maybe not doing such an eloquent job of saying it. But that's what I'm trying to say. So Vayakel teaches us that however low a person may be, he is still part of the communal whole. All right, there we are. And thereby intimately associated with the leaders of the community. That is true. Okay. Pekude teaches us that however low a person may be, 
He still has his own unique talents, which God did not give to any other person. That's another wonderful message. So let's, let me just reiterate this again. So Vayakel teaches us that however low a person may be, he's still part of the community. And Pekude teaches us that however low a person may be, that he or she still possesses unique talents that are vital to the community. That's the thing. A lot of times theology um, has kind of a uh, have can can present itself as kind of a take it or leave it attitude. You're either good or you're not. You're either a zodic or you're a rasha. Um, you know, uh, uh, and and you know you 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 list all these wonderful things, but you've got this one little area over here that's really an issue, and oh, that's it. You're trash, and that's not how Torah looks at us. That's not how God looks at us, right? As an aside, what I just said there made me think of something completely unrelated. Well, it's not really unrelated, but it's a, it's a, it's a rabbit trail. But that is the, the Ben Franklin clothes. You ever heard of the Ben Franklin clothes? Anybody out there? <clears throat> Prior to me becoming a rabbi, my profession in life was basically sales and marketing. I know, it's a shock. Um, but that's what I used to do. Um, trust me, I love this a lot better. Um, but one of the techniques, if you can use that term, is a Ben Franklin close. This is often uh, a great technique to use when you're trying to make a decision in your life about anything, about maybe the washer and dryer you're thinking about buying or whatever. Um, the Ben Franklin close is simply that you take a piece of paper out and on one side you write the pros and the other side you write the cons. And um, you start listing the pros, and you think about it, and you know, you're with your client. Okay, what are the, what are the pros to doing this or not doing this, or, or the pros to doing this? Let's say you write those pros out, and then you on the other side, you write the cons. And then you see which one uh, has, is the greater. Are there, are there more pros or more cons, and so on and so forth. That's kind of the thing we're talking about here. You have to look at things in a balance and try to find the pros versus the cons. And a lot of times that helps us in life. So anyway, something that you can do, maybe, that might help you when you're trying to make decisions in your life. What are the pros? What are the cons? Sometimes it's possible that one con could wipe out a whole bunch of pros and vice versa. But anyway, enough about that. So here's the lessons in the, in the name Vayakel then are as follows. First... Every Jew is part of the collective reality of the Jewish people whose existence <clears throat> is necessary for God's purpose on earth to be fulfilled. That is a beautiful sentiment. Your existence, my existence, um, our gifts and our talents are necessary for God's purpose to be fulfilled on the earth. You and I are put here for a particular length of time. None of us know how long that is. Uh, all, uh, uh, but I, I, what I want to say is that, but we are we were put here for a purpose, for a reason. Hashem sent our soul here, equipped with certain gifts and talents, uh, and those talents aren't just. How should I say this? They're not just um, uh, useful for the kingdom. They're not. Uh, they. It's not that they would be helpful 
to accomplish God's word uh, and God's will. But as this is saying, they're actually necessary. That your gift is necessary. Now, we can't get arrogant because if we don't use our gifts, we, if we, or if we withhold them and say, well, my gift is necessary, so I'm not going to use it. I'm going to cause a lot of chaos. To, to God. Oh, come on. God is God. He's, he can raise somebody up with a similar gift and, you know, render your situation not necessary, which is, would be horrible, right? But on the positive side, we just need to look at the fact that, you know what? My gift is necessary. It's not that I really, um, w- it would be helpful, but it's actually necessary. Therefore, you could say, look, you know, it's, it's important that I get involved with the community because they need what I have to offer. And incidentally, if you find yourself showing up at the community and you're looking around and you're, you say, wow, you know, they, uh, how come no one's doing this? How come no one's doing that? That is usually your first clue that's because you're supposed to be doing it because no one else is seeing it. Or maybe they see it, but there's no one to take the, take the role. So it's your, it's your opportunity. So it says, and since all Jews are part of this collective whole, no Jew is too high or too low on the spiritual ladder or spiritual status to work together with every other Jew. Now keep in mind uh, that a Jew is ultimately somebody who's in covenant. Somebody might say, well, do, do I have to be Jewish? I don't know. Do you have to be in covenant? If you're in covenant, you're Jewish. So anyway, it says here, second, every Jew is essential to the community, just as every detail of the tabernacle was essential to its operation. Everybody, everything in the in the tabernacle was necessary. Nothing was superfluous in the tabernacle. It wasn't like you could say, well, just you can you can get rid of one ring or you can get rid of one curtain. No, everything is essential. So it says, third, although we all have our individual intrinsic worth. This unique identity does not truly assert itself until we identify with the Jewish people as a whole, just as the individual components of the tabernacle did not begin to function until the entire edifice was erected. So that's a very interesting uh, concept, right? That our individual intrinsic worth doesn't really reach its full potential until we are part of the communal whole. Going back to the example of Walt Disney and all the little details, you can have all these little uh, details, right? These little props, let's use that term, laid out on a table. And they're intended to be used in a, in a, a scene, but... If they're laid on the table, okay, there's just a bunch of props on a table, and each little thing is important, each little thing has value, each little thing has meaning. But it's not until you actually put those props, those little details, into the project that the project takes its shape. And therefore, since the project has taken its shape, each individual little thing has become now intrinsically valuable. So this is the... Balance. This is the paradox that we are intrinsically valuable as individuals, but we only reach our highest value when, as individuals, we're part of the whole. (laughs) It's really a phenomenal concept if you think about it. 
So, so finally, this parasha teaches us that despite our shortcomings, this is, this, is, this is the part that I love the most. It says, despite our shortcomings and the imperfect nature of the reality we live in, we should never feel too inadequate to fulfill God's will. It was the real-world tabernacle that the people built, not Moses' abstract, ideal tabernacle on Mount Sinai. I love that thought. We built a real, live tabernacle, a real world, not this pie-in-the-sky, perfect, you know, tabernacle that, that could never, to which no one could ever ascend. No, we were feet on the ground, down to earth, you know, working this out. And God used imperfect people to include Moses and Aaron to make that tabernacle what it was. Think about that. The person who actually put the tabernacle together initially, the one who first um, was given the, the mitzvah of assembling it, assembling it, was Moses who had his own struggles and his own flaws to the extent that he was prevented from even entering the promised land. God uses imperfect people to make a home for him on the earth. And I emphasize this because many times we think that God, it, it, it requires a, uh, a a synagogue full of Zadokim who are... Uh, you know, just walking on water. They can't even take a bath because they can't sink. Uh, and that's what God needs to make his home on the earth. And that's exactly not what he needs. What he needs are people who are penitent, which we're going to get in tomorrow. There's a whole dialogue about this. And which was better, the people before the golden calf or the people after? And we're going to learn more about that tomorrow, God willing. But anyway, just to finish this thought, it says it was the real world tabernacle that the people built, not Moses' abstract ideal tabernacle on Mount Sinai that God chose to dwell in. If we act with warmth, sincerity, enthusiasm, then God crowns our efforts with success and dwells in the tabernacle we built him out of our lives. Warmth, sincerity, and enthusiasm. May God dwell in our tabernacle. End of our Aliyah today. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll get into more of these concepts tomorrow. Be here, same bat channel, same bat time. Until then, be safe. Take your vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin E, vitamin D3. Uh, wash your hands. Stay away from people. Social distancing, that is the new the new term of the, of the hour. Social distancing. Uh, so, so social distancing it is, and uh, everybody stay safe, and let's pray that Hashem should remove this uh, virus from us and all of the uh, world so that we can get on with uh, continuing to make a home for Him. Shalom and blessing. We'll see everybody tomorrow.